It's Dr. Stu's Podcast at drstuespodcast.com. And that's right. You want to stay right here at the website, drstuespodcast.com. Or you can go to... Uh, you can go to... Uh, AskDrStew at gmail.com. Well, that's or you can go, to, go to iTunes. Go to iTunes, iTunes and subscribe so you never miss an episode of Dr. Stu's podcast. I mean, it's unbelievable. Here we are at podcast number 89. A lot of people get out there and they want to interest you in a podcast. This guy, Dr. Stu, along with yours truly, Brian Whitman, we commit to the podcast. We're up to podcast number 89. My apologies for not being here last time. Had a little car accident. A fender bender. Everybody's fine. The car is not, but I am here. And I'm so glad you're here, Brian, because I was a little nervous last time. I was acting as host and hostess. How did you <laughs> find that? So you were doing my role and yours. Yes, role. I had to do the... Now, welcome to Dr. Stu's podcast to my favorite music from uh, Interstellar. Right. How which that... always gets me really emotional when I hear the music. And how that work? Was that fun? Uh, well, ask Randy Wang, because Randy Wang was a, a bystander. Randy, uh, I mean, you, you feel free to be honest. How did that work? <laughs> keep you know, my, you know keep my day job? Is that what I'm supposed to do? Dr. Stu held his own with those guests. Amen. Yay. Woo! And you had like three guests, right? Two. Way to go. Close enough. Okay. Hey, listen, so... I got to say something because, you know, you just you, you just had a little brain freeze there just a minute ago. Yeah. And it's really interesting because that's happening to me more and more. I just want you to know. But it's, you're older than I am. Well, I'm a lot older than you are, actually. And it's interesting to have a brain freeze because as I was driving over to Randy's house today for the uh, for podcast from the Randy Wang Studios uh, here in Burbank, California. The palatial Randy Wang Studios. I noticed that Los Angeles has a fever. L.A. has a fever. I like Correct. to I like to call it a full blown Schwitzfest. It's a Schwitzfest. It's a serious fever. It was 105 degrees. It is a Schwitzfest. Schwitzfest 2015. And I have to ask you as a doctor, when somebody comes in, obviously you do your vitals or you have your medical assistant take their vitals. Their temperature should be 98.6. That's normal. So anything above 98.6 would be really abnormal. So clearly, put it, putting it that way, as a doctor, the earth does have a fever. Well, depends. If you're living in southern Argentina right now, it does not have a fever. Well, I'm living in L.A. as you are, and so is Randy and a lot and just, of our listeners. And just to be correct, because we always try to be as accurate as possible on Dr. Stu's show, even though a lot of times we don't have any idea what we're talking about. No, those uh, are the 98, 98.6 is listed as normal temperature, but actually... Most people are not 98.6. Most people are a little cooler than 98.6. They are. Yeah. Uh, pregnant women tend to run uh, 97.4 to 98.4. Um, technically, an obstetrical fever is not until the temperature is above 100.4. So even if somebody's 99 or 99.5, that is technically not a fever. Question. What would be the science that would explain why a pregnant woman would have a typical body temperature lower than 98.6? Well, let's see. I, I could think of some theories. One is that they're sort of more commonly vasodilated, so they probably radiate a lot of heat. If you've ever sat next to a, a pregnant woman, it tends to, they tend to be quite warm, radiating heat away from them. Secondly, the inside of your body is probably at least a degree or a little more than a degree warmer than it is than your skin temperature, that your temperature is under your tongue. So we're talking about a temperature inside your uterus if you're 97.4, 98, to be 98.5 to 99, which is probably ideal for, uh, for fetal growth. And, you know, you don't want the things to get too hot inside, which is why we tell pregnant women, you know, to stay, if they're in a bathtub or they're in a hot tub, that they should not have the temperature much over about 101 degrees in the water, and they should keep at least a third or maybe even a half of their body out of the water. 
so that they can radiate away that extra heat that they get so they don't heat their core up too high. And we want to do this with this special Dr. Seuss podcast, the first that will be uploaded after Labor Day 2015. So let's talk about the heat because when Labor Day ends, it's the unofficial end of summertime. But don't kid yourself in Southern California and other parts of the country, the temperature is still well up over 100, 102, 103, maybe 105. So so it's never you, you can never repeat enough what are two or three important things for women who are pregnant to keep in mind practices to employ when pregnant when that heat is over a hundred degrees well one is you can move to canada that's probably a bit too much to ask okay let's assume <laughs> well, although although with all the um with all the regulations and stuff coming down that we're going to talk about in a little in a minute or two, I think there's going to be some people thinking that Washington or Oregon or Canada looks looking a lot better right now. Um, what you can do, obviously, is stay hydrated. That's very cool uh, and very important. Uh, and, what you, is, and what does hydrated mean? I mean, how many, I mean, you know, like I go. Like, at it, least two liters at of least water. At least two liters of water. And that doesn't include your iced tea or your coffee or your Gatorade or your other stuff. That's every day, that two liters of water. Two liters of water is a, uh, is a general rule. Again, we don't like absolutes on the Dr. Stu's podcast because nothing is absolute. But I haven't, I have not drank two liters of water in a year in one day. You should. I really should. I yeah, used to. I used. It to, has no calories in it. Randy, which, do you remember at the old station ten years ago when we debuted? I used to come in with those big Evian waters. Do you remember that? No, you don't. Okay, <laughs> when I met you, you're in your Seven Eleven phase. So my Seven Eleven. Oh, that's gulps, right. The big yeah. gulps. The big right? gulps. Yeah, the whole thing. What was in the big gulps, by the way? Uh, I just think Sprite and a lot of Snapple. Well, oh, a, lot, yeah. a lot of Snapple. But uh, there was a time maybe I went, before, I went through a Snapple phase too. Everybody does. Yeah. And uh, then I was uh, drinking uh, of those two liters, and I enjoy Evian water. I got to get back into it. And uh, pregnant women. That's uh, that's uh, from Doctor Stu. That's not a terrible suggestion. No, you need to drink a lot of water. You need to uh, dress appropriately. Don't overdress. Don't stay on the hot sun very long. And Don't. as we said a thousand times on this program, Dr. Stu, to uh, not just to women, but to men, but primarily to women who are pregnant, listen to your body. Yes. When there is a <laughs> Schwitzfest. When it is 110 degrees in the valley, if you're listening in Southern California or wherever you are in the world, we've got listeners all over internationally, listen to your body. Absolutely. You, you, Brian, if it's, if it's 110 degrees outside and you were planning a day at the beach or you're planning a day to go to Disneyland or something like that, maybe it's a, a good idea to reevaluate that plan. Despite the, the pressure you'll get from the other girls, cancel it you know it's really an interesting thing because if you live in other parts of the country you you're constantly affected by weather you know you're planning a baseball game you go to a baseball game and it rain, gets rained out or or you're planning a picnic and uh there's thunderstorms being threatened or you're you know you you, you can't plan an outdoor wedding in chicago in december right i mean you're always here in california we forget that we are still can be affected by the weather and it's not something because every day is generally pretty nice. And if you live along the coast, you're not going to get these 105 degree days. Although I did have a client today I saw who lives in Ventura, who says it's been extremely hot in Ventura. And usually Ventura is foggy and I saw that. cool. But, but uh, so you just have to, you do have to adjust even in Southern California for those sorts of things. It's, it's quite simple. Today it's, it was really hot. Don't sit in your car when it, you know, if you don't, if your air conditioner is not working, don't drive your car. And don't leave the kids and don't leave the babies. Even if you're going into Trader Joe's for 15 <laughs> minutes, for God's sake, 
Uh, crack the window, take the dog with you, exercise common sense. Because if you don't, I'm the guy who says, send you to jail, right. Pre- I, pregnant or not. And I don't want to be doing the deliveries at the county jail. It's not, that's not called home birthing. Have you ever done that? A, a delivery in the jail? Yeah. No. No. <laughs> no. You, you've done a lot. I would, but have, I, I would I, have expected. I did have an interesting uh, email today. I have to tell you about it. It's an interesting email. It was a woman from China. Oh. And she's coming here for birth tourism. Oh, anchor babies. Yeah, but these are rich Chinese people, so I'm not exactly sure. I'll tell you what they want. They want they, the passport. No, right? they, they want to come in, and it is uh, primarily Asian. Anchor Baby getting a lot of uh, a controversy over Jeb Bush using it, but we've been hearing the term Anchor Baby in Southern California and media for a long time. Oh, a long time. They come in, and they, they're not citizens, but they come in for two or three months at a time. They have their baby in the U.S. The baby becomes a U.S. citizen based on our Constitution being born native in the u.s and there's a lot of benefits that come to that child that extend to mom and dad and that's the whole idea yeah but what benefits do they need if these are if these seem to be wealthy asian people are they not necessarily wealthy because i heard they pay a lot of money to some uh travel agency who just this just to up. get them out here right yes. just to get them out but there's nothing like u.s citizenship there's nothing like it no it is a ticket to a lot of stuff it's a ticket to paradise where the streets are paved in gold I know that's been my experience in the American dream. Is that how they, is that, are they're filling the potholes with gold? Now? They're, they're filling them with gold. Now, let's talk about this issue here. We've got uh, an issue that Dr. Stu has been following uh, very quickly. It comes out of Sacramento, California, where the state legislature has got a bill. What is the name of the bill? Oh, well, the bill is... Uh, it's, A.B. No, it's S.B. Senate Bill... 792. S.B. 792. Comes on the heels of Assembly Bill 277 which was the initial vaccination bill, which says that starting January 1st of next year, 2016, that anybody who wants to go to public school has to follow the standardized vaccination uh, schedule, which of course went from about, I don't know, eight or 10 vaccines 30 years ago to somewhere around 47 or 49 vaccines now. And if your kid doesn't want to have all, if you don't want your kid to have all those vaccines, he can't go to public school. Amen. You yeah, know yeah, I know you say amen. Amen. By that. I'll, I'll tell you why. So you're going to deny public school children? No. Yeah. All right. Well, I got. I, I, I'm going to. I'm going to. We're going to debate this subject because this is a subject I happen to hear Dr. Uh, Robert Sears. He's a, a fairly famous pediatrician in Southern California. Gave a talk a couple weeks ago. I happened to get, catch most of the talk. You and I have different opinions. Why don't you give a minute or two of your opposition to this bill, and then I'll tell you why I think well, it's a great thing. I, I will, but I want to talk a little bit about my concern about uh, Senate Bill uh, 792, which takes the next, the next unfortunate typical step in when you have totalitarian, totalitarian nature of government in Sacramento doing something that is non sequitur and, quite, and basically illogical. Think about this. We had a measles outbreak at Disneyland. We all agree on that, right, Brian? I remember that. Right? Uh, Randy, you agree with that? Randy's I talked not. about it on the radio every morning. Randy, you have, to, you have to talk into the mic. The uh, court reporter can't understand a nod. <laughs> okay. Yeah, there was a measles outbreak at Disneyland. Disneyland. Didn't stop me from going. Okay. Now, that measles outbreak apparently affected, I don't know, somewhere 30, 50, 100 people. I don't really know. Significant number. Well, when you talk about 40 million Californians, it's not a significant number. You talk about the fact that how many people go to Disneyland every day, not a significant number. Okay? Um about 70% of those people that were... If you're one of the 100 parents, it's a pretty darn significant Well, let's number. talk about that because 70% of the people that got measles from that outbreak had already been vaccinated at least once. Right. 
So they were mostly adults and teenagers and adults, not young kids. So if you really want to do something, first of all, if you think that this is, and first, and no one died and no one was seriously injured, and it's not a crisis when you're talking about you know, 70 cases or 100 cases in a, in a state of 40 million people. But it could have been. Could it have been? Yeah. Well, it hasn't been. A lot of things could happen. Do we, do we need meteor insurance because someday a meteor is going to hit? Because it could happen. Here's the situation. Well, I haven't finished yet, but go ahead. Go ahead, my friend. No, your turn. No, your turn. Okay. So look at, the, look at it this way. According to Dr. Sears, there's never been an, a measles outbreak epidemic in any public school in the history of California. So the response of Sacramento to a non-event that occurred at Disneyland was to pass a law that says all school kids need to be vaccinated. Not a non-event. A hundred kids contracting measles. But not none of it. It wasn't kids. It wasn't just kids. It was, it was people and kids. Yes. But it had nothing to do with public schools. And the public schools have never had one of these. So the question being is, did the government do this because they can, they, can, they can control public schools and they can't control who goes to Disneyland? Because what, what's the sense of doing something? If you're really concerned about measles outbreaks at Disneyland, then maybe you should vaccinate everybody that goes into Disneyland. I'm going to sound... And how are you going to do that? I'm going to sound like a conservative and it doesn't happen often. So uh, get ready for it. Here's a, a couple of things. A couple of things. Science has come so far over generations to inoculate us and our children from diseases that just generations ago were killing thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of young people. So science has come that far. And then you got this group of hippie dippy sort of wannabe hippies who want to say, oh, no, science. And, and, they, and they want, oh, science. We know better than science. You don't know better than science. You're a dog walker. You're an IT specialist. You're not a scientist. And don't pretend you are one. And you want to make a stand at the expense of your child. Here's my point. Your personal beliefs, whether they be religious or otherwise, to protect your child and where the safety of my child in LAUSD begins. Okay, this is where your, your argument completely breaks down. First of all, science is corrupted. So you never know which science to believe because everyone has science on their side. All right. So you can't just say that that vaccines are perfectly safe. And you can't say that, yes, they, they eradicated smallpox, they eradicated polio, big time stuff. Measles, mumps, uh, German measles, uh, chicken pox. Rarely have there been an epidemic where people have been wiped out by those sorts and of things. And Stu, ignoring quickly, ignoring these vaccinations, a generation or two, guess what? We're back with polio. We're back with rubella. Yeah, but you know what, Brian? Look at the flu vaccine for a second. Every year they want to give you the flu vaccine, and they're going to mandate the people that work in healthcare facilities or work in schools get the flu vaccine. The flu vaccine is notoriously, first of all, it makes some people sick. Second of all, it's notoriously the wrong flu vaccine. It doesn't really get for because the flu vaccine or the flu virus um, uh, mutates every year, and so there's different different strains. In fairness, the vaccines often have side effects that make the recipient sick. Yes. Okay. So put it this way, you're talking about, again, a response to science that some people believe and some people don't believe, but it is, again, it's a totalitarian nature of doing something that is an, that is an illogical response Stuart. to the outbreak. Wait a minute, Brian. It's a, it's a logical response. If you're going to respond every time 70 people in a state of this size has a problem, then we're, all our freedoms are going to be taken away. And let me just say, because this doesn't do any good. 
because the vaccines only last a certain period of time. Kids are going to go to school vaccinated. Okay, let's say they go to school vaccinated. This new bill says that anybody who volunteers or works in a school is going to need to be vaccinated. Okay, the next bill is going to say that any of the spouses of any of the people who volunteer in the schools are going to need to be vaccinated. You say it's a slippery slope. The next bill is going to say any of the people who work with the spouses of the people who volunteer or teach at the schools are going to need to be vaccinated. Let me ask you this. So so why don't we we just do this, Brian? Why don't we just uh, uh, agree to to uh, make Merck the richest company in California and allow everyone in, in California to be vaccinated and mandate that they get boosters every five years? Is that would that solve the problem of of? I don't know problem? that I don't know that it would solve the problem. Because then because then what are you going to do about tourists? My question what are you going to do about you, people that come to California who haven't been vaccinated? My question for you is this. <clears throat> Dr. Stu and it's a very simple question. Right. Let's take LAUSD. Let's take the let's take You mean, a, the, you mean the, the school district that's never had a, a measles outbreak in the school? As I like to call it LAFUSD. Let's take uh, you know any California school system or any system anywhere in America. What right parents Women who are going to be parents, I ask you, this is a gut check, and I ask you, Dr. Stu, let's say the class has 35 students in it, or maybe 40, and that happens. Okay, let's say it's got 40 students. A nice round number. And 37 of them have been vaccinated. Right. And some mom or dad, some halfwit who wants to be a hippy-dippy liberal decides not to vaccinate. You mean, you mean the people you hang out with? Yeah, they, they decide. Okay. That's right, my best friends. They decide not to vaccinate their kids right. for spiritual reasons or for earthly reasons or whatever. The so which kids up. get sick, Brian? So here's what happens. Those three kids. Right. And school's been a petri dish since I was a kid. My parents used to say it's a petri dish. You, you, you know, you, Those, Brian, you're walking the plank here. You know, though I don't care. I'm speaking truth. Well, no, because you're walking right off the edge of the cliff. These three kids. I'm talking common sense to a doctor, and you got to hear it. These three kids right. walk into that classroom. Right. Maybe the windows are closed. Right. Because the AC's on. Maybe the door is and shut. And what happens to the 37 and now, kids? And now you got 37 kids vaccinated because their parents cared. Right. And then the unmitigated goal of three sets of parents who think they shouldn't vaccinate their kids, who think it's their right because of their own crazy religious beliefs to put the other 37 students into potentially fatal harm. How are they? Wait, okay, here's where you're wrong. Didn't they have how the vaccine? The, how are the vaccinated kids in, 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 in potential fatal harm? They've been vaccinated. How are they going to catch the chicken pox from somebody who comes in with chicken pox when they've been vaccinated against chicken pox? Well, you just said that even sometimes people who have been vaccinated uh, uh, come down with it. Right. Right. So people that have been vaccinated could come into the room with chicken pox. Couldn't they? Okay. Yeah, they probably oh, could. Silence. No, you're right. Silence. You're right. You're right. They score. Probably, they probably could. But take it a step further. Ching. What if the number's not three? What if it's now twenty out of forty who don't vaccinate? So what? Then you've got a greater concentration of unvaccinated Brian, students potentially it, it infecting the others. Happened. It. It. Oh yeah. It hasn't happened. It hasn't happened. So you, you've got you've got legislate. You're legislating something that that in theory may never have happened, and you're doing it and, and against people's beliefs, the people, the the belief of, of personal liberty, the belief of parental rights, the belief of religious uh, exemptions. You're removing all those possibilities. I'm ashamed of you. 
You're never ashamed of me. I'm ashamed of you. By the way, anybody listening know that Brian, this is, I mean, we're not putting on an actor. We both believe what we're saying, but, I'm but we're not, we're not angry with each other. I'm grinning. No, we never right. get angry, right. but I am, uh, I'm, I'm angry with you because you are surrendering your intellectual, no, I'm not. medicinal doctor's training no, I don't think for your libertarian all, no. hackish politics. That's what's happening. Your libertarian hackish politics have overridden your well-scholar, well-schooled medical training that says generations of vaccines have been super effective in this country and have prevented thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of deaths in America and around the world. Yeah, but you're, you're getting back to the same thing of smallpox and things like that. You're not talking about uh, measles, mumps and chickenpox and young kids. All right. You and I, Brian. I don't know about you because you're about right on that age. That age. I range. had the chicken pox. But we all, yeah, we all had it. We My all, brother had him first, and then I had. Any him. of your friends die? No. Any of your friends die from measles? No. Any friends die from mumps? No. Okay. Maybe some people got deaf from mumps. That does happen, but it's, that didn't happen. It's extremely rare. You don't know any deaf people from mumps. No, I don't know okay. any deaf people. Sadly, I'd like to know a few deaf people. Okay, well, if you keep shouting in my ear, you'll you'll okay, know. I'll know one. Unfortunately, they're not big radio fans. <laughs> yeah, they're not. That's true. I was watching. Let's make a Good deal. Good point, Randy. Just so, you know, off the uh, off the chart for a moment. I was watching Let's Make a Deal the other day with Wayne Brady, who's pretty good. And he goes down and he says, "Who wants to make a deal?" The first lady that he picks to make a deal with, totally deaf. She doesn't speak, and she's got her translator. And I thought that's wonderful. Yeah, that is wonderful inclusiveness of people with disabilities. And it made me feel so like a li- only like a liberal can. It made my heart warm that he would pick this woman who couldn't speak with the interpreter. And I just loved it. Well, you know what? For the next podcast, we'll get an American Sign Language uh, interpreter here on the podcast. Yeah, but there'd be a lot of downtime. <laughs> I know. There'd be a lot all of right. downtime. So getting back to your example, Brian, all right, again. Something that's never happened in the school. If Quick you, question. Where do we stand with this legislation, SB uh, Senate Well, bill? the same people that are, and I'm not going to try to be pejorative too much, but if the same sort of manipulated no. people. In, Why start now? Well, good point. When the, the same people <laughs> in Sacramento who decided that Assembly Bill 277 was a good idea, there's no stopping them now, okay? I don't see how, the only way it's going to stop them is for a referendum you know, to get on the ballot, which is being signed right now. We're signing petitions Never all across happened. California. Could happen, but probably won't. Well, I think what's going to happen is that the public schools are going to learn that they made a mistake here because no. the schools make money. They get federal money based on attendance. Is this correct? Yes. Okay. Every so, butt in the chair is a paycheck. Correct. So when, when people who disagree with us, both on scientific grounds, both on fear grounds, and both on religious or right moral, grounds. And moral grounds. And moral grounds. They're going to pull their kids out of school. They're either going to move Good. Or, or they're going to homeschool them. Good. Let them. We want to keep public schools safe. And we want all of the students who enter public schooling to be vaccinated. And if you don't want to. You va- want to. Don't say we. I do. If Brian Whitman wants. If you don't want to vaccinate your kid, then go to private school where it's a where it's a big Petri dish and nobody's vaccinated. And, and, and you'll have. Students, and where nobody has gotten sick with epidemics either. And you'll have students with big open lesions hanging off their forehead. See, the, pro- the problem with Brian, my liberal friend, Brian, is he's thinking with his heart which is what my liberal friend brian always does and it's wonderful sometimes and the to problem think is, is that heart. there's no common sense or logic with the heart because matters of the heart affect people and government ought to consider them government shouldn't be dealing with the heart 
government ought to consider matters of the heart. No, government should be dealing with logic and science and common sense. Really? Yes. Government shouldn't consider people who don't have health care. That's a matter of the heart. No, if, dying. if some city councilman That's a matter likes to of ride the heart. his bike to work, we shouldn't take away a lane for people who'd want to drive in. I agree with you. Right. I agree with I you. I know you agree with that. We'll I heard talk you on about, the radio today. Yeah, we'll talk right. about more of that on the next podcast. So anyway, um, so getting back to this this bill here, I think I, people need to write their senator, write their uh, state legislature, assemblyman. The problem is, is that these people have their mind made up. I do believe that there is some shenanigans that go on in Sacramento. Uh, I agree with you. I don't think these people know anything about any subject really well, so they rely on lobbyists. And whenever you rely on lobbyists, who's got a bigger lobbyist? Some parents who don't want their kids vaccinated or Merck? Merck. Uh, Merck. Trust does. me, Merck. Trust okay. me. Right. With their billions of dollars. Correct. Right. You know, or Monsanto or Merck or or the Service Employees Union <laughs> right. or the, or the uh, California Medical Association. You know, they're a lot stronger than midwives or parents or... These unions fresh after Labor Day. These yeah, what, you, by yeah. the way, somebody asked me that today. What is Labor Day supposed to celebrate? Just working people? Yeah, Labor Day was... Uh, like giving working people a day off. I right? knew about this, uh, and I did some study last week. I forget the president who signed Labor Day into law, but Labor Day in America was pushed by labor unions as a day to honor people who work in America. There used to be, like in the early 1900s, very well attended in New York City Labor Day parades celebrating... So what what good, happened to that? It just kind of went what, away. What about all the workers who have to still work at restaurants and yeah. baseball well, games. A, a lot and, of them were I mean, the Dodgers up. played the Angels and yesterday. I, I and, would encourage my conservative friends who whine and moan about all of that Labor Day. No, no, only, only the liberals unions. whine and moan. I hope that those conservatives went to work or if they didn't go to work, they they uh, they sent the check back so they didn't have the free day off because that'll hurt the big business that they love so much. No, they'll fetch all they can about the unions and the teachers and all of that, but they'll gladly take that day off with their family to sit by their you know five hundred thousand dollar swimming pools and uh, fry up their uh, you know their shrimp and their and their uh, uh, beef tartare. Now see, this, is a, this is a classic Brian William uh, Brian Williams Brian Williams. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I think actually, Mike, I think actually you know what? I was gonna, it fits really well with Brian Williams. He's sort of embellishing the story because I don't really know anyone that has a five hundred thousand dollars swimming pool. I could I could find you one in the, in Brentwood or something. A five hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, where pool? they got the jacuzzi attached and they got the waterfall. That's not five hundred thousand dollars, Brian. What do you think that is? Hundred grand. Hundred grand. Maybe. All right, so I embellished. Yes. Did I also tell you about the time I was shot? Did I also you tell you about the time I was shot down in the chopper in Iraq? No, but you did tell oh, me about the time on the tarmac they were shooting at you, yes. and you had to run for cover. Yes, that was a very terrible thing. <laughs> that was a very terrible thing. Okay, so this is interesting, and what we're going to do on drstewspodcast.com, we're going to put up lots of information on the Senate bill. We are? Yeah, we are, and we're going to, uh, again, give you the website address, askdrstew at gmail.com if you have questions about it. It's a big deal for moms and dads who are expecting. If you have a young kid who's getting ready for school in a short time uh, this is definitely one of those issues right here in california where we broadcast from and some of them are taking place all over the country that will hit you right at home there okay is and, no doubt and i want to i want to i want to give a few talking points on this uh again for being the anti uh, sb 792 one is that you can you can email or fax our, our lovely governor uh that would be jerry brown uh he of the bullet train the esteemed the esteemed jerry brown um 
at uh, you can reach him at 916-445-2841. All right. Here in California. Again, that's Senate Bill 792. Does he answer directly? Uh, I would doubt very much he answers directly. I would love it if he did. He's probably still using the telegraph. And there are many talking points that, that you can look at, and they'll be posted on our website so that you and you, if you do contact, uh, again, Brian, don't listen to Brian. Brian is wrong. Okay. <laughs> and right. Just get back to, uh, yeah. to fighting for uh, individual personal liberty and, and common sense science, all right? You can use science for anything. There are people who have been injured by vaccines. There's going to be no recourse for them. Uh, I don't think that parents should actually have to do this sort of thing. Um, I'm really against it because it doesn't make sense because the whole point was Disneyland, not public schools. It's Dr. Stu's podcast. I'm Brian Whitman. If you have a question for Dr. Stu, he answers all of the emails. Ask Dr. Stu at gmail.com. Go to iTunes and register so you never, ever miss an episode of Dr. Stu's podcast. This uh, was historic podcast number 89. Wow. And, we, and the thing about it is, is that Brian and I argue well because neither one of us likes to lose. No one likes to lose, especially us. We thank you for joining us here on Dr. Stu's podcast. We'll talk to you next time. For Dr. Stuart Fishbein, I'm Brian Whitman. Thanks for joining us on Dr. Stu's podcast.